welcome to the PRBI Insider presented by PR Boutiques International. The very best PR results require tailored strategies and individual attention. Effective techniques vary considerably from market to market and culture to culture. So when we create a program, rather than laying out prescribed solutions lacking in freshness and vitality, we start with careful consideration of our clients' objectives and plan a creative roadmap. This episode of the PRBI Insider is about accelerator companies and the exciting new program PRBI is doing. Joy's guests today are Lucy Siegel of Lucy Siegel LLC, Provincetown, Massachusetts, and Paul Fariga, WordWrite PR, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'd like to welcome everyone to the PRBI podcast series, Chats with the Experts. Today, we are, as usual, talking about insights into communication trends and topics from around the world on the changing world of PR and how communication can be improved and enhanced, and also how practitioners and clients can engage to solve many of the new challenges of communication today. I'm Joyce Scott. I'm the moderator for today's session. I am the president of Scott Public Relations, a boutique agency specializing in healthcare insurance and technology, serving companies worldwide. And today we have two special guests who are going to be talking about accelerator companies and in particular, an exciting new program that PRBI is doing to help accelerator companies. I'll let them introduce themselves. Lucy Siegel is our first guest. Lucy, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I am the founder, CEO, and chief bottle washer of Lucy Siegel LLC, which is a new company that I founded about a year ago to do consulting with small companies, especially startups. And Lucy's being very modest too. She also is one of the co-founders of PRBI. So welcome, Lucy. And our second guest is Paul Fariga. Paul, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, thank you, Joy. Paul Fariga. I am the president, founder, and chief storyteller at WordRight Communications. What we like to say at WordRight is that we're in the business of helping our clients uncover, develop, and then share their great untold story. And really glad to be here. And I look around the table. We've got a co-founder and three former presidents of PRBI. What a great way to start a podcast. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. PRBI is a very dynamic organization with agencies from around the world, senior practitioners with a wealth of experience, and we're all excited about being able to share some of that experience and insight with those who are listening. So today, again, our topic is about accelerator companies. You may have heard of these kinds of companies. It's a little hard to define them exactly, but we are defining them as companies that are making innovative ideas real, who are in the early stages of their existence. When this is occurring, many of these individuals and those who are heads of these organizations are really preoccupied with research and development, doing beta tests, getting regulatory approval, raising money, finding the right leadership, many other things besides PR. And sometimes the need for and the opportunity for developing strong messaging is overlooked. So that's what we want to address today is the role of public relations in influencing success for accelerator companies. 
First of all, I'd like to ask for any insights you may have on what an accelerator company actually is. And we are also going to talk about the exciting new program that PRBI has for them. But first of all, let's say, how did we define accelerator companies for the PRBI program? There are companies that are very dependent on, 100% dependent really, for financing on outsiders and don't have any income coming in from the marketplace. And I would add to what Lucy said that they are very close to being ready for the market. The whole startup scene around the world is considered very sexy. The idea of people coming up with great ideas and having these very cool companies that could change some health problem for mankind or, or whatever. Accelerator refers to a company that's ready to take its ideas out into the marketplace of ideas and begin to win acceptance for those ideas from some kind of an audience, Uh, maybe more investors to Lucy's point, or maybe customers or somewhere along the line, partners, you know, healthcare innovations. You might have a great idea, but you need to partner with a pharma company or a hospital organization. It's a company that has gotten beyond the idea stage and has more of a realistic approach to getting that idea translated into dollar signs. More than just a great idea, one that can go somewhere. And we've also seen in our work and our connections that many large companies foster accelerators. For example, most hospitals, most large hospitals today have some kind of an incubator or an innovators lab where they are actually supporting and funding these great ideas and developments. So uh, there's a number of environments in which these companies can be existing and thriving today. Big for-profit corporations such as pharmaceutical companies and technology companies often have innovation hubs as well. One that was very interesting to PRBI, when we had our annual meeting in 2017, we actually got to tour an accelerator owned by actual Springer, which is the large German publisher, number of magazines, um, books, et cetera, et cetera. And it was fun to be inside that environment because what I learned from that is that the idea of an accelerator company is not unique to any particular country or region of the world. It's truly universal. And PRBI has just started a very exciting program to help winning accelerator companies to take that next step utilizing public relations resources and skills found within PRBI members. Paul, could you tell us about that program? You know, I made a passing reference earlier that we've got three former presidents around the table of PRBI. This is an idea that came in large measure from the membership. And certainly there's this need out there in the marketplace that we've seen over and over again in our firms. And again, it's universal. We have people involved with the PRBI accelerator program from Italy, Germany, Poland, uh, the U.S. So we're all seeing the same thing. And and what that is, is that when a company is ready to go to market, one of the things that typically the leadership of that organization and their investors either have not thought of at all or they're not ready to fund is sharing their story, which is what public relations is all about. That's not really something that you would expect of a lot of founders of small startup companies. I mean, some of them come from technology backgrounds or they're researchers. Um, They're engineers, and perhaps they've never even done marketing, but they had a good idea that enough other people agreed was a good idea 
to have something established, but they have to understand how to market it and how to communicate their value proposition. Usually founders have great passion for what they're doing. So it's interesting, I think, to a lot of us who are involved in this over and over again, as we got started with the program this year, people involved with it have said, boy, if they could just tell their story, this is so cool what they're doing. This can make a huge difference. And frequently what happens is they can tell their story, but each person in senior management tells it differently. Yes. And they don't always have the same vision. It's really important to pull them together and to create one common vision that everybody can espouse because otherwise it's like the five Indian men with the elephant and each one felt a different part of it and described it differently. So they have to be able to describe it so that there's one vision for the company. You know, and this understanding of the importance of telling the story is becoming more and more recognized in Stanford's MBA uh, program now. They actually teach this. So someone coming through with a great idea is coached in how to tell that story, you know, starting with a real example, bringing in human empathy, illustrating the problem, and then showing how their company or their idea is going to be the solution. And I think sometimes these young companies may not realize they are telling their stories all the time. Every time they talk to a potential investor, a potential partner, a potential customer, a potential alliance of any kind, they're already telling their story. And as we've been saying, it's important to know what that story is and to be able to to tell it well to different audiences. So to help these companies, PRBI came up with this idea that we would solicit applications from accelerator companies around the world and select some that we would choose as projects that our members would work on as if we were their agency. And we're now in the process of doing that. This is going to be an ongoing program. So Lucy, we just have finished looking at a large number of applications. So maybe you could tell us what were some of the things about the most appealing accelerator companies that we found. What indicated to us and would indicate to others that a particular company was a good candidate for benefiting from PR services? The most important qualification was that they had to be differentiated from others. A lot of people who start companies think they have a great idea, and maybe it is a great idea, but there might have been 10 or 15 other companies that had very similar, if not identical, ideas. And we want to be working with companies that are really something that's differentiated and that's that's relatively new so that we can help them and that we can help them most if they are well differentiated from the marketplace. Paul, did you have anything to add? You were also involved and have been involved in looking at many of these applications. So there were a couple of other things that we also saw and we discussed as a group. One of those was the team inside the company. Is the team ready? What we're doing with our accelerator program, we're giving these companies up to $50,000 US potentially, depending upon the need and the agreement that's worked out of PR services. That's not gonna take them from zero to the end of their story. That's gonna help them in some very specific ways. 
In other words, at some point, PRBI is going to help this accelerator company get to the next level. And there needs to be a team inside that company that can continue to take that PR mission forward as they grow the company. So that's one thing we look for. And to kind of piggyback off of Lucy's point, we also look for a great idea that there were some signs that there would be some market acceptance. So in some cases, some of the companies already have some revenue coming in. To Lucy's point, most of them don't. If they do, it's maybe not much. But there's they're that much closer to being ready, which told us that we could really help them get to that next level by providing our consulting services. We also wanted to choose companies that knew what they needed in terms of marketing and communications, had some idea of where point. they wanted yep. to go so that we didn't waste that $50,000 just trying to identify what their needs were. Which goes back to Lucy's point, um, uh, you know, kind of the flip side of, which is probably, Joy, what you're going to ask about next. Like, mm-hmm. what are the companies that didn't stand out or that yes. didn't make it? And that's the very first thing is that they weren't differentiated. You took a look at the company and you said, oh my goodness, where do we start? Mm-hmm. And it was not really clear how they were going to make effective use of our services. Or they thought that they were going to be able to run the distance with the prize that they were winning. And, exactly. and that it's really just the beginning of the race for, for them in terms of communications. We want to get them started. And get them started on the right foot. So we've identified some of the needs that these accelerator companies might have for public relations professional help. One is on messaging and getting it consistent and getting it consistent throughout the company. Another is to really define what their differentiation is. And the third is to have a tailored message, we might say, for different audiences. Are there some other areas that accelerator companies who are listening to this podcast maybe should be thinking about in terms of their communications needs? Audiences. I think a lot of smaller companies and startup companies, especially when you ask them who their audience is, they'll say, everyone, it's a great idea. The whole world should buy our product. And they don't understand that they don't have the resources to target everyone. They need to be able to hone in on the most lucrative segment of the market, the most appropriate segment for their product or their company. We worked at, at our firm with an entrepreneur one time, and he had this saying, the overnight sensation that took 11 years. And what he meant by that was it took him that long to take a great idea and sell it in with all the various audiences, examples, early investors, later stage investors, partners, especially in technology and healthcare. You need the resources of larger organizations to help you reach larger audiences. That's something that a small company really can't invent overnight and and create on their own. If you think about some of the more successful companies that have created software for various platforms, you know, any of the Apple products or, you know, Kindle or Android or whatever, they needed to be able to work within an ecosystem, if you will. But before they could just throw their software out there, they had to gain the acceptance, the interest and the backing of different audiences along the way. It's not just as Lucy said, 
one day there's nobody and the next day there's everybody. For example, industry analysts, those yes. types of companies are very dependent on the opinions, positive opinions from industry analysts. So people tend to think that public relations is equivalent to media relations, reaching the media. Sometimes before you reach the media, you have to reach industry analysts because once you do start targeting journalists in newspapers and magazines and uh, other publications, the first thing they do is to go to the industry analysts to find out what they think. Yeah. A lot of times we group these audiences into what we call influencer categories. So it could be analysts at organizations like Gartner or Forrester. It could be early adopters. You know, you have somebody in the healthcare field, you invent a medical device and a famous surgeon in that specialty begins testing your device. That doctor becomes an influencer because other practitioners watch what he or she is doing in the operating theater. And they say, you know, if Dr. So-and-so so is trying this new medical device, I should consider it as well. So you're not really at the mass adoption stage for your product or your service. You need those other audiences. And as Lucy said, a lot of times the startup company leadership forgets about that. They're already at the finish line and they're thinking about everybody using their product or their service. They didn't realize that PR can help them hit all the right steps along the way to get to the finish line. Yes, very good advice. And also something for accelerator companies to think about are those influencers and how they begin to build thought leadership. It doesn't happen when you wake up one day and say, we're ready to go to market. You should have a reputation established before that point. And that is where public relations is critically important in identifying the influencers, Mm -hmm. identifying your messages, how you influence them, how you share information, how you participate in your industry. So that's a very, very important step foundation that needs to be laid prior to pulling the trigger and rushing out to the market. Absolutely. Public relations also helps to put together a staff and hire employees. You have to be able to sell your vision to people that you're hiring. And so helping companies to communicate what that vision is, not just to potential investors and influencers, but also to potential employees is really crucial. Well, that's really an important point, Lucy, because inside an industry, especially in highly technical companies, what we see is the inventor or the researcher, they think they have that already figured out. They think that if they're a medical doctor or if they're a technologist, they can talk to technologists. And in general, they can. The problem is they don't know how to talk to anybody else. That's where PR can really help. But beyond the small circle of individuals who start the company, to scale, you need more employees. And they'll forget about that piece. You know, why should a young person and a particular their field or specialty, want to toil long hours to get a specific company to the next stage. That's a big part of the story. One of the things we wanted to also try to do in this podcast is give some advice to accelerator companies about things they should avoid doing. And we have identified a couple of those thinking that your product or service, your audience is everyone. Assuming that there's no competition, even being out being doing nothing is competition. So your prospect may decide, I don't need to do anything here. I don't need to buy anything. I don't need to change anything. In which case, your your competition is the status quo. What are some of the other areas that we might want to advise accelerator companies to be aware of to avoid falling into some traps that might negatively impact their use of PR? 
I've worked a lot with companies from other countries, and when they come to the U.S., they make the mistake of thinking that this market here is really like the market that they're accustomed to in their home country, and they don't realize the size of this country. They don't realize that the media is decentralized and that the number of influencers is, is much, much greater than in most of the countries where they come from. Of course, that might not be true in China or India, but in European countries, for example, Definitely. where the culture is really not that dissimilar from the United States. Yes. And if the people who are sent to the U.S. to work here speak good English, they don't realize that there's a big cultural difference in marketing. So we really can help them by being sort of handholders and pointing out to them, we understand what they don't understand, what they don't know and try to help them to get past that so that they can put the appropriate effort into communications and marketing. That's really a great point, Lucy, and we've seen that happen so many times. Another thing that we see is that accelerator companies need to be like Goldilocks. They need to be at just the right stage to begin working with PR services. Not too early, not too late, not too big, not too small, right? And we've worked with companies at our firm where the investment wasn't made at the right time, either it was made too early or it was made too late. This is where a good startup company needs to have good outside advisors to help them make the right decisions about when to invest. Unfortunately, what we see a lot of times is that PR is not part of the calculus. It's not part of the skill set. It's not really in the background of a lot of VCs and other investors with accelerator companies. Personally, I've worked with companies where the investment in PR came more at the idea stage. And when it's time to go to market, the investor's attitude was, well, we already spent the money on PR, you should be ready. And that means that the PR investment was made too soon. And then I've also worked with companies where they went to market and when they started to invest in public relations, a story had gotten out there and it wasn't really the best story that the company could have shared. And they couldn't really escape having this, for lack of a better way to say it, poorly told story around their neck. So I've seen it work both ways. They let other people define them instead of defining themselves. Mm -hmm. That's a big mistake. Huge. Sometimes it's not small companies, not only small companies that make these kinds of mistakes, but I was speaking before about international companies. Often what I've found is that sometimes a company that's quite well known in their own market has an assumption that, well, they're big shots and everybody should know them. They're number two or number three or whatever in their own market. But then they come here and nobody's ever heard of them because they're just entering the market here. And so it's very difficult for senior management in the home country to grasp that the people who come here and who have to work on a daily basis understand it very quickly. But then they depend on people like us to be able to help them explain it back to headquarters so that the CEO understands that every journalist in the country is not going to line up to want to interview them right away. That is such a good point, Lucy, because when we went through with our first round of companies, one of the decision factors that people discussed was how big a bite of the apple is the accelerator company trying to take? And there were several companies we looked at that we had positive conversations about 
because they were focused on one market first. And usually it was their home market. If they were looking at, say, a company from Italy, if they were looking at the Italian market first, rather than saying we can be all things to everybody, we felt more strongly that that would be a good fit for us. And we've been talking about also timing being so important, too early, too late, or just not allowing enough time prior to the go-to-market. Sometimes companies think about this a month before their big trade show when they're announcing their first and best chance product, and that really is not nearly enough time to get this work done. Exactly. On the plus side, a company that does have a clear position can establish that and maintain it for years and even decades. Firms that we've worked with have succeeded in doing that, and 20 years later, they're still known by the positioning that we established with them in the very beginning. Your story follows you around, so yes. you, need, you need to spend time to get it right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this concludes our podcast for today. We invite you to visit our website, prboutiques.com, to learn more about about PRBI and the agencies that are members and to get more great advice from experts. Thank you for listening to the PRBI Insider featuring members of the PR Boutiques International Association. Never miss an episode. Go to prbiinsider.com and follow us in your favorite podcast app or subscribe via email. Learn more about PRBI at prboutiques.com.